Yes, people, welcome to a new Echo Chamber, and we've got some good films for you today, people, but before we get into all of that, let's do what we do, right, and let's look at the top 10 films streaming in the UK right now, right, so on the back of the new entry in this monster franchise at number 10 is Michael Dogger his Godzilla King of the Monsters so this one you know it still's got Millie Bobby Brown Vera Firminga Carl Chandler and Ken Watatabi at number 9 it is um man the visually stunning Blade Runner 2049 from a Denise Villeneuve, you know? And it is the film that reassured me that ah, June is in good hands. So this one starred Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford was back. We had uh, David Batista, Anna Diarmas, and Sylvia Hook. At number eight people ah oh, mad it, it was basically the end of phase four it's the russo brothers doing what they do avengers endgame people you know what i mean start everyone chris evans chris hensworth chadwick boseman robert downey jr jeremy rayner you know what i mean just Tom Holland, man, every Avenger, they they had their thing to do, and it was fantastic. So at number seven, it is Walter Dome's Trolls World Tour, Rachel Boom, Jamie Dorman, Anna Kendrick, Anthony Ramos, those were just a few of the people lending their voices to the piece. So at number six, I feel it was the film at DC that really reignited everything, right? Picked up from uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy, you know, took things to the next level from Wonder Woman. It was Todd Phillips' Joker. So this one, Whacking Phoenix, Robert Downey, sorry, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Zazie Beats and Francis Conray, which means we're in the top five people. Boom, boom, boom. And you gotta feel this is definitely on the back of the buzz from the new cut of the Justice League. It is Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. So, this one, you know, George A. Romaro, we had Sarah Polly. Ken Forey and the late great Vin Rhymes. Ah, Vin Rhymes, what a great actor that was. At number four, Tom Holland in step, Spider Man Far From Home. So, John Watts doing his thing, and joining Holland, we had Zinandra, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Jacob Bataloon. Which means at number three, we mentioned it, and it is Christopher Nolan's 
Batman Begins. You know, Christian Bale, Cillian Murphy, Katie Holmes, and Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. So, at number two this week, Paddy Jenkins, Wonder Woman. Right? So we had Gel Gadu, Chris Pine, Robin Wright, and um, Connie Nielsen. Yes. And the interesting thing, Paddy goes and does it again with the number one film this week, which is the sequel, Wonder Woman 1984. Right? So again, we got Gail Gadu, Chris Pine, and in step, Pedro Pascal and Christina Wick. So, people, those are our films streaming. But before we get into this week's reviews, okay, here's a little bit of information. Okay, so sit back and enjoy. People, it might only be March, but hey, it's time to um, take note because April is going to be a bumper-packed month if you are a Shudder subscription holder, you know? April showers bring a packed lineup of new horror films and series to Shudder. AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thriller and supernatural For its annual halfway to Halloween month With April marking the halfway point to Halloween The streamer will celebrate its biggest month of programming yet With a loaded slate of Shudder original films and series An exclusive documentary, a library of cult classic favourites and the return of halfway to Halloween hotline. Some do Christmas in July but at Shudder they celebrate Halloween in April to mark the halfway point to the greatest holiday of the year. (laughs) And um, yeah they have got a lot. So the second season of Creep Show premieres on the 1st of April, with new episodes dropping every single Thursday. You know, so you have that to look forward to, people. Uh, also, on the 1st of April is going to be the premiere of Train to Busan Presents Pen- Penusilia. Pen- Penicillia, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but you know what I'm talking about, people, right? So, four years after South Korea's total decimation in Train to Busan, the zombie thriller that captivated audiences worldwide, acclaimed director Yong Sang-woo, brings us Penicillia, the next nail-biting chapter in his post-apocalyptic world. John Suik a soldier who previously escaped a diseased wasteland relieves the horror when assigned to a covert operation with two simple objectives, retrieve and survive. 
When his team unexpectedly stumbles upon survivors, their lives will depend on whether the best or worst of human nature prevails in the direct, in the direst of circumstances. So, uh, yeah, you have that, people. Um, Then on the 8th of April will be the power. Okay, so this is set in London 1974 as Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country. Trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary with most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital. Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that infests and has an intent on destroying everything around her. Then on the 15th is the banishing. Okay, so this is from acclaimed director Chris Smith. And comes the banishing which tells the true story of the most haunted house in England. A young reverend and his wife and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. When a vengeful spirit haunts the little girl and threatens to tear the family apart, the reverend and his wife are forced to confront their beliefs. They must turn to black magic by seeking the help of famous occultists or risk losing their daughter. Yeah. Then people, on the 16th, new episodes of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. That debuts. And then new episodes every Friday afterwards. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of that, you have that. Also, an event exclusive on the 18th of April at 8pm Eastern or 5pm Pacific is the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. So, uh, yeah, got that on the 22nd of April is Boys from County Hell. Welcome to Six Mile, a sleepy Irish backwater whose only claim to fame is the somewhat dubious local legend that Bran Stoker once spent a night in the local pub. It's home to Eugene Moffat, a young man who fills most of his days drinking pints with his friends and pranking tourists who come to visit the gravesite of Aberach. A legendary Irish vampire, some believe to have inspired Dracula. When a personal tragedy forces Eugene to go and work for his gruff, no-nonsense father, he finds himself on the site of a controversial new road development that threatens to destroy the town's livelihood. But strange events unfold when Eugene and the crew tear down a famous carom, believed to be the final resting place of Aberach, and they soon come under attack from a sinister force that has infested 
one of their workmates. As night closes in, the boys must fight for survival while discovering the true horror of a myth that hits much closer to home than any of them realise. So, people, you have got that and a whole lot more debuting on Shudder this April. So, if you're a horror fan and you don't have the platform, you're not really a horror fan, are you? Okay, people, so now we have all of that out the way, we can get into this week's reviews. So, time to sit back and enjoy. Let's go. Okay, so after finding out the film wasn't about the um, irritating, you know, high school girl activist, I decided to check out Greta. So this is from Neil Jordan. You know what I mean? Neil Jordan, the guy behind stuff like Mona Lisa, right? The Crying Game, Interview with a Vampire. You know, Michael Collins, right? Some great, great films. But who we haven't seen since Byzantium, which, uh, it looked good, but um, I think that's all we can say about Byzantium. You know what I mean? Whew. Yeah, bit of a bit of a stinker. Um, so, yes, Jordan, he directed it. Um, he also co-wrote the story. Well, he co-wrote the screenplay, right, with um, Ray Wright. Um, now, the story is from Ray Wright, and it's produced by um, Sidney Kimmel, John Penotti, James Flynn, Lawrence Bender, Karen Richards... Cinematography is Seamus McGravy. The music is Javier Narretta. Uh, edited by Nick Emerson. And, um, yeah, it's got a good cast. Right, so um, Greta Hiddig is played by Isabel Hoopert. We've got um, our, our main protagonist, Francis McCullen. She's played by Chloe Grace Moretz. Her best friend? I don't know, they're good friends. I'm going to say it's her best friend. Erica is played by uh, Mahika Monroe. Um, her Francis's father, Chris McCullen, is played by Colm Farou. Uh, we've also got... Um, Stephen Ray, right, um, we have Zowie Asherton, you know, who's, um, not in there for long, but a nice little appearance, right, um, they're our main people, right, I'd say yes, they're our, our main group, so the film itself, 
So um, Frances, a sweet, naive young woman trying to make it on her own in New York City, doesn't think twice about returning the handbag she finds on the subway to its rightful owner. That owner, Greta, an eccentric French piano teacher with a love for classical music and an aching loneliness. Having recently lost her mother, Frances quickly grows closer to widowed Greta. The two become fast friends, but Greta's maternal charm begin to dissolve and grow increasingly disturbing. As Frances discovers that nothing in Greta's life is what it seems in this suspense thriller. Bom, bom, bom. So, yes, that's the... Um, that's the gist of things, people. Uh, so we open up, right? We we open up and we're, you know, we're following Francis, right? We see her travelling on the subway. You know, you see her at work. Then we see her with a friend, you know, in um, the apartment, right? In Erica's apartment, which is huge. A huge ass apartment. Oh my gosh. I mean, that does get, you know, we do get a kind of answer for that. So, supposedly, as a um, graduation gift, her father bought her, you know, the loft. Which, um, yeah, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it does then throw some other things up in there, right? But uh, at least, you know, there is a reason for this opulent space from two girls that, you know, crazy young. So it was just like, how the fuck have they got that? Right, but yeah, so we have this. And then one day in her routine that we, you know, they've shown us, we see her see a bag on the underground, right, see a bag, and she decides to uh, pick it up, right, decides to pick it up, now, I would say that one of the things with this film is its time, right, the, the time frames are very odd here, you know, we don't really see people give anything any sort of time, right? Which is, is is an odd one, right? And I, I I think we do have these weird pacing things with the with the film, right? But um, anyway, you know, so we we have this situation. So we see her go to Lost Property. But literally, she walks up to the window and she's like, hello. And then just walks off. Right? So it's just like, wait, Shuri, you didn't give you didn't give him time. Right? You didn't give him time at all to actually come. Right? You, you there was no other effort to find an employee or anything like that. You know, which was uh, you know. A bit 
odd. Because I mean, one thing I've, I've always been told, there is always someone in the ticket booth. Right? So even if it's not in lost property, there would be a member of staff. But anyway, so she brings this bag home. And uh, there's a funny interaction with her friend. Right? Because her friend's just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what is that bag? And she's just like, oh, yeah, I just found it on the underground. And uh, I'm going to return it tomorrow. And you're just like, wait, what? What are you doing? Like, you don't do that. And she's like, well, where I'm from, you know, we do this thing. And it's just, just, that was an interesting one. Because it's just like, okay, so... you're trying to make out that, oh, only people, right, from the suburbs or the country, right, city folks, they're rude, they're not the like, they're not the kind to return bags and, and stuff like that. It was this weird assumption, you know, and a weird thing to kind of set, set out there, right, but you're, you're but they're trying to frame Francis as this very sweet, naive girl, and I think one of the ways they do it, oh, it's, it's that thing you see a lot of times, right, where you have a character, and they speak very softly, speak very softly, and it's just like, oh, hello, well, how can I help you, oh, yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm just a sweet little person, and then um, any time they get a bit, they might raise their voice and be like, how, how can you say that? Oh, my God. And it's just like, so with the affectation. It's so irritating. Grr. But yes, we, we, we have these, there, there's these things that are in place, right? And we know that, you know, Frances, her mother has died. But not being an arsehole or anything, but her mum died a year ago, right, a year ago, so, although, yes, I get it, like, you know, losing someone is never great, it's never easy, but, I don't know, it, it was, because we see him at the cinema, right, she sat down to watch a film with her friend, and um, friend turns around and he's like, hey, hey, why are you crying? And she's just like, I don't know. It's just, you know, something me and, me and my mum would do. It was one of our things. And I'm like, I don't know if you can call going to the cinema one of your things. Going to the cinema isn't exactly quirky, right? We, we have to go to the cinema with partners, friends, like, it's just, it's the cinema, right, it's something, now, you could say, oh, this cinema, right, this little indie spot is the one we always go to, because, oh, they, they do good coffee here, right, or, oh, we found that the seats at the very back are so comfy, so we always go to a screening at this time, because we get these seats, like, that's a different thing, but just, any cinema, right, any seat, it's a bit like, yeah, come on, man, come on, but yes, it's, it's just one of these things, but yeah, we, we have her return the bag, and then it goes from there, right, the film goes 
that's when it picks up. Now, I will say, right, there is something that happens at the very beginning that, you know, when she returns that bag, that really is weird. It's a weird thing, right? Because I remember watching it at the time and thinking, wait, that makes no sense, right? It makes no sense. You know, if you've got noisy neighbours... There's a certain noise, right? There's a certain type of noise that you expect to hear. Not the noise that we hear. So there's this weird thing, but it does be... I think you understand what that shit was later in the film, right? Later in the film, I don't know. If you're using your mind, you're like, oh, okay. I understand now. I get it. But, yeah, it, it, it's just this whole thing that Frances, you know, she forms this attachment with Greta, which it's, it is very odd, right? This, this whole thing, I think this, this initial scene with Greta is a little weird, right? It, it feels a little forced... Just the whole interaction as a whole. Now, I I kind of feel... And that's the thing with the, the timing and the pacing of the film. Because I think you could have achieved what happens here... Over a slightly longer period of time. You know? Like, if you had her return a bag... Then maybe bump into Greta again or something, something, and then they talk, and then it's a and it goes through, it would make a bit more sense. But the way they have it all go down, it does seem a little weird. It, it does seem a little weird and a little, what are you doing? You know, because Francis doesn't know this woman. Right, she doesn't know this woman at all, but we we just see this go, this whole kind of thing go, and um, you know, so from there she's, you know, she's back hanging with a friend, and you know, Greta then starts calling, and you know, it kind of just moves, it moves on from there, but I think you know. We're not that far in, right? So at this point, we're only, we're not even 15 minutes into the film, you know? So I think they, they're moving the film at a certain pace. And you have to kind of, you know, you think to yourself, wait, what is happening here? You know what I mean? Like, this seems a bit, too quick here because we've still got over an hour of film right so where where are we going right where where are we moving here and we see a hangout with um Greta Moore but you it's like you don't see a hangout with anyone else you know, we, we don't, we, we have her with the, her flatmate, but no one else, 
but it's not established. Like, if you kind of be like, oh, Francis has no real friends, right? She has no real friends there. She she only has her roommate. That's it. It would make it a bit more understanding, but still not. Because, you know, the, the age gap, the differences in interest and just everything it's just you you are kind of scratching your head like why is she hanging out with this woman right they're they're hanging out and she doesn't really know anything about her so it's like how long have you been doing this hearing like how long have you guys been hanging because you don't know anything, so what are you talking about in you know what I mean in these hangs and stuff like that? But I think they want to establish all this different stuff, right? So obviously there's gonna be friction with her and her dad, which does kind of come out of nowhere. And, and there are these funny moments where she's just like, I'm an adult. I can do things on my own, and you're like, yo, hold on, you're living at your friend's, right, you're living at your friend's, because she owns that spot, right, so obviously you're not paying rent, so, yeah, you're not so, you know what I mean, Betty Big Boots, you know what I'm saying, it's a bit like, wait, what is happening, but we 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 then establish the crazy. The crazy gets established, right? And you're kind of from that point. Things also because you're just like, wait, hold on. We're in the modern age, right? We're in the modern age of cell phones and knowledge. Yeah, I mean, because we got books, we got TV, we got movies. So, first of all, I think everyone understands restraining orders to some extent, right? We've all seen films and TV shows. So, you understand that, okay, unless someone does something, you, you're not getting a restraining order, right? But the way people act in this is this like, hold on, wait, no, 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 no. You should, the police should do this and the police should do that. And you're like, hold on, we know they're not going to, right? Everyone knows they're not going to. So what are we doing here? But then it's just the actions of the characters are a bit, they're very weird, right? They're very weird. Because you're thinking, okay, your phone can block numbers, right? You can do that. You can make it so no, some person you don't want to contact you can contact you. Right? There's all of these things. You'd think you'd talk to different people, right? You'd establish it like, okay, I need to get a cab home. Or, right, I'm going to meet you after work and we're going to do things in pairs. There's all this stuff. There is all this stuff that you would do. Especially if... You know, if you're saying you're scared, right, you would do it. But then it's one minute you're scared, one minute you're not scared. And it's just like, it's all a little bit confusing. It's all a little bit confusing. And when it gets real cray-cray, 
like in the restaurant at that moment right at that moment in time you would be like okay you need to um you need to do some shit now right you need to put certain things in place speak to some people and all of this but it doesn't happen so when it finally reaches its you know huge conclu- well i will say when it me- when it kind of hits a certain point right you do wonder wait how did thingy get from that point to that point because that seems a little odd <laughs> you know what i mean that definitely seems a little odd you know but okay if that's what we're doing then that's what we're doing but yeah well we have all of this stuff go down and there is a there is a thing right there is that that whole conceit of you know how in like horror films thrillers and everything like that when someone is escaping instead of going the obvious route right they they run to a spot where there's only one way out right now you've cornered yourself right so obviously right obviously we have this stupidness happen you know and it's so you're racking your mind you're like what are they doing makes no sense makes no sense and it, it it is kind of again when you're using modern technology there's certain shit that you can't do right like you you can't send out photos you can't send out random photos firstly photos are like they're time stamped there's always that metadata on a photo so you know okay that was taken on this day at this time in this location so there is that but also if you're friends with someone you know when they went on holiday right because people that's one thing they will talk about right it it's those memorable holidays if they went to a great spot they're going to tell you that shit so um, yeah photo evidence is a bit it's a bit weird but the film it it ends on this point right and they do a little thing which they're being they're trying to be slick right trying to be slick i think i for myself i guess what was going to happen right because it just seemed the obvious it did seem the obvious thing but within that you do kind of think to yourself hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on because we know how this all started with the bag right we know all of this so surely wouldn't you tell the police that fact right yes what you would have thought the police would know you know so there's there are these weird things that you do kind of think hold on 
how the fuck on um, and why wouldn't and huh you know there is these things that make you scratch your head but they, they you know i did f- like the way they they framed the end right because they did do it to keep people in suspense if you hadn't have guessed right they they have set it up to create the big reveal which is always fun you know what I mean that's always a fun thing to do so i i i think it it works in some in some respects now is this film right is it as slick as um well i mean even some of you know marshall jordan's other stuff i mean like nah no right it it's it's not a crying game you know it's not a a mona lisa it's it's not to that standard it, it's not you know the end of an affair it's nothing like that but i would say if you enjoyed you know if you enjoyed stuff like um the girl on a train gone girl you know if you liked those then this this would definitely speak to you you know it's um it's not quite as you know robust and compelling as a you know single white female you know or a simple favor to name a modern twisty twirly thriller you know or even a classic like Mulholland Drive no so it's not quite that but yeah I I think it it does have a, a similar vibe to a gone girl girl on a train you know what I mean something along that so if you were a fan of those right if those you know got you smiling had you enjoying things then yeah i i would say greta will speak to you you know it's kind of a secret window that kind of thing right so yeah it it's there and it's on netflix so yeah people give it a go if uh, that works for you you know so a new um distributor has emerged right so this new company saints and savages you know there is a collaboration between Savas de Michael, John Pavlakos, and Stephen Paul. You know, the, the aim is supposedly to uh, bring UK film distribution to the 21st century and to really do this right. They've got three films scheduled for April. The first being original gangster ha <laughs> yes they're looking to come out the gate guns are blazing and um this is a uh, it's an interesting film <laughs> you know it is definitely a film that people 
are going to take note of, right? So, um, you know, it is uh, written and directed by Savas D. Michael, right? And, um, yeah, they've got a huge crew on board, right? It is produced by um, Michael um, Aaron uh, Solomon, right? John Pavlakos. Um, executive produced Adet Farrell Gonzalez, Stephen Paul, and uh, Gustavo Respiro. Cinematography is Andreas Neo. Uh, the casting Helen Stafford. Art direction is Hannah French. Right, and the um, yeah, they've there's a lot of like. Known people up in this Right I think the biggest Star probably being Steve Gutenberg Yeah he plays a character Jean-Baptiste Philippe Right you've got um, Then our, our Kind of Hmm well Jean-Baptiste is The big boss right He's um one of his Lieutenants as it were would be Milo Novak, played by Ian Reddington, right? And um, connected to Milo is Castor, right? Played by Alex Mills, right? Um, and then, uh, yeah, then there's everyone else. So Milo's wife, you know, Maria, she is played by Isabel De Rosa, um, You've then got, boy, <laughs> I mean, the the young caster is played by Badger Skelton, who, um, yeah, I remember he was in a film last year that we talked about, which I cannot for the life of me remember what it was. But yes, he, he's there. So um, we've also got uh, Tony Thomas, played by Sean Cronin, uh, Remo, played by Adam Deacon, Bobby Bravo is Vass Blackwood, Campbell, Daniel Cautadorin, uh, so um, Maxine, Louise Brabin Platt, right, yeah, just a whole gang of, um, you know, UK talent up in this, people, and um, the gist of the film. Well, I'm glad you asked. So in this, right, Castor is orphaned when gangsters murder his parents, but sentimental assassin Milo spares his life. Years later, once Castor has reached adulthood, the two are reunited when Castor steals from one of Milo's men to survive. Milo sees a budding gangster in Castor who has resorted to violence to sustain himself in his mostly homeless existence. Milo processes, um, sorry, Milo procures even a job for Castor as an enforcer. Castor is happy to repay Milo for saving his life, but finds himself increasingly uncomfortable. Um, the cold, emotionless existence of a criminal. 
Casta must make a choice between living the violent, empty life of a gangster or to purpose his lifelong dream of having his own family. Have to say, that is not conveyed within the film. (laughs) Very odd. I mean, some of it is true. Some of it is not. Right? But, um, hey-ho, these things happen. Now, you know, as this is the launch title, you know, the cannonball to get everything rocking, right? You wonder, what what kind of film is this going to be? You know, there's been a wealth of English gangster films. So... How will this, you know, fit within everything? You know, how's it going to stand up, right? Good question. Now, I think straight out the game, right? It kind of sets its stall, you know, because we have um, the murder of Castor's parents. Although we don't really see... You know, the parents. I think we see his mum next to him. Um, but that's kind of it. Right? We don't know what happened, what led to this point. But we see the kid, the young caster sitting there. Guns pointed at him. And then we have a voiceover. Right? Mills does some narration throughout the film. And, um, yeah. The the prominent words that kind of get this jumping is uh, from that moment I realise the two things in a man's heart is he's either good or he's either bad. That <laughs> that is the profound message. That young caster has for everyone. And if that isn't enough, right? A quote flashes on screen. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. Right? This is really, really getting um into the psyche of us, right? It's really Digging into the psyche of the viewer, people. And it's dropping some truth bombs, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, I realised there's two things in a man's heart. It's good or it's evil. Yeah. And you know things like, wait, at that point, right? At that point, this kid had this fault. I'm like... Say what? I mean, come on. That like nothing else had happened to you in your life that made you contemplate human nature. Because I gotta say, although, you know, I didn't have parents killed in front of me, there was definitely things that made me kind of realize, you know, the makeup of people, right? Um, and it's definitely more than just good or bad, right? There is a grey area. You know, it's just like, wait, what is happening here? But yeah, that's that's what gets dropped on us, 
And I think you see from that point, oh, okay, that's what we're doing, is it? You know, because like the, you know, the voiceover, the voiceover is not the best, right? It's not the best. It's very mechanical, right? So you kind of figure, okay, now, Everyone knows this voiceover is mechanical, right? So it's there for a reason. You know, everything seems to be there for a reason. And I think the thing being, if if this was just a straight up gangster film, right? The way it is presented, if they just played it completely by the book, this is it's not memorable, right, we've seen the story, right, you you think to yourself, how many times have you seen that story where the assassin can't kill the little kid, or saves the kid, and then, you know, they develop a bond, and it goes from there, you know, Leon is probably one of the most known proponents of that, right, and um, it's a classic, right? You've got other things like La Femme Landiquita, like Kill Bill to a certain extent. But there's just these stories that are just there. We've seen them. We've enjoyed them. You know, they've been consumed by millions. So you you, you can't just regurgitate that story and expect people to be on board. So what we have with this original gangster, even a name, it's not original, right? It's been used in songs, in TV, film. It's just, you know, an overused term. But they've decided to play this in that bizarre metaverse you know, you think, like, the recent Nicolas Cage type of films, right, um, there was that Gerard Butler film, um, back in the day, I think it was called Shoot 'Em Up, right, that was just bizarre, <laughs> and, right, this is in that vein, right, Original Gangster is playing it fast and loose with this kind of uber, you know, over the top, but knowing it's over the top, like knowing it's ridiculous, right, but doing it to create something different, that's the vibe that you get here, you know, I mean, I hope that's what they're doing. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. If this is getting played completely straight, then oosh. But I kind of feel it's not. I mean, listen, you've got this kid, right? This kid in bins, right? We see him rummaging in bins, you know, eating with his bare hands, like scooping beans into his mouth, right? But not dirty, you know what I mean, like all this shit, his grey hoodie 
never changes, right? It never becomes grubby or dirty. He's we see him wiping his mouth, right, with the sleeve of the hoodie, but the hoodie's still not dirty, right? It, it's just like, say what? And there's a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> where you just like, wait, hold on. If this is the case, we would see, right? So, um, you know, from this early point, we get the film, it jumps 10 years in the future, right? So now we go from Badger playing Caster to um, Mills playing Caster. And um, you just look at it and you've been like, um, well, obviously... The character is more than 10 years older right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just look at it and be like, okay, that does not make sense. <laughs> you know, your declaration in itself doesn't make any sense, but fine. But yeah, we're, we're seeing this character. Now, he's homeless, right? He, he's homeless, but there's this, you know, when he, you know, meets Milo's wife, Maria, now she's just like, oh, hello, Caster, and she's all happy to see him and talking to him, stuff like that, and you're just thinking, okay, Caster would reek, right, there, there, there would be a hum about Caster that is gonna be making your eyes water, you know, we, we see him taking a, um, you know, a pauper's bath. Is that how you call it, a pauper's bath? I feel that's a term. You know, when it's just like a bucket of water and you're, you know, you're scrubbing your face with that. But it's like, there's no soap. There's no deodorant. So, um, you know, you might get a little bit of grime off, but you're still dirty. Right, the clothes aren't getting washed. Right, so there's all of this stuff happening that makes no sense. You know, so yeah, yeah, he's gonna be stinky, right? But it doesn't get reflected. You know, but we have all of these weird scenes that kind of play up how uh, crazy, you know, or just the bizarre nature of the film. You know, like he, he beats up some people in a bar, which, you know, when you think of the people he's going up against, firstly, he'd never get that close, right? Never get that close. But yeah, yeah, we're seeing all of these things. And so you understand what they're doing. They're showing, you know, they're building these things up. They're, they're giving us these characters that are crazy. Now, there are a few... Like, there's these moments that are so bizarre, it's just funny, right? You have, um, you know, Castor in a graveyard, and uh, he has a confrontation with a woman, right? Who, you know, like, what, we, what you've noticed now, like, films, there's certain films, and they like to drop all the, you know, all the big words of the day. Right, so it'll be like mansplaining and you know me too and just all of these terms. Right, they find a way to shoehorn all of these terms in, even though it doesn't really make any sense within the context of this conversation. Right, and so this woman's just coming at him with all of this, and he just 
backhand her. Which, you know, in the real world, that's not funny at all. But in the nature of this film, that is bizarre, you're just like, wait, what the fuck just happened here? Right, because, you know, it just happens. Right, there's no consequence. He goes and Sean Connery's her, and, yeah, that's it. It's like, on to the next one. And you're just like, wait, what am I watching? Like, what is this? This is so crazy. Right, and that's the film. Right, you just see Milo and Maria, and you're thinking, how did this happen? How did Maria end up with Milo? Like, because the way she's getting treated, you're thinking, well, he's not wooing her, right? So why would she say, I do, right? There seems to be no plus to the situation. And you're just watching this and be like, wait, how did this happen? Like, how did we get to this spot? Right, and that's this film. All of these bizarre moments, right? And you kind of find yourself, you know, just watching it to see what what other crazy are they putting in there. It's like they've looked for these bizarre tableaus for you to view. Like when he goes into like the um, you know, the the drug house. And just, you know, the way people are draped all over the place. Which, it looks a little fake. You know what I mean? It's not, because, you know, it's kind of meant to be evoking scenes like in uh, True Romance. You know, when, um, oh my gosh, Clarence. Clarence? I think it was Clarence. He walks into, um, you know, the spot and uh, the crazy, uh, you know, dude with the treads, right? You know, Chet, the Chet Hanks. <laughs> and he's just like, huh, what is this? This is white boy day. And he's going to just all the people in the spot. You know what I mean? It, it's just like weird like that. But it doesn't feel as, you know, authentic as, like, that scene. That scene just looked real, right? This, not so much, but it fits, right? It fits within the tapestry of this odd film, right? And you're watching it and you're just, like, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. And you kind of get, you know how this is going to turn out. Right, you're watching it and you're like, okay, well, obviously, that's going to happen. And it's amusing watching it. You know what I mean? It's just odd. It's very odd. But, uh, yeah, you're kind of on board. You know, you get to this point, you're like, yeah, fuck it. All right, I want to see where this goes. You know what I mean? I want to see how they end it. Because, (laughs) oh man, and like Steve Gutenberg, you do wonder how he became involved in the film, but he hams it up, 
He it looks like he's having a lot of fun. Right? Definitely looks like Gutenberg is having a ball playing uh, Jean-Baptiste Philippe. You know? And you really like wait, so he's not French. He's not French, so it's just like, how is this character this character? You know, the goons all look like goons. Black t-shirts, you know, they're, they're, they're hitting these, right, these cliches, which is amusing, right? Because you've got cliches stacked on cliches on cliches, and the cliches don't quite fit together. You know, they're from different... Like films, you know, but it all meshes in, and we get this odd gangster smoothie, right? It's this odd gangster smoothie that if you just shut your eyes, right, don't look at the weird color that your smoothie is, and you just drink it, it's not bad, you know, it's not bad, right? It is a odd. Action flick. It's an odd action flick, right? That runs, you know, just under two hours. It's about like an hour and an hour and forty-five, right? And uh, yeah, it is like it's fine. It does it does the job of having something crazy to watch that you don't have to think about. Right, so if that's what you want, if you want something that you don't have to think about, and you can just watch these odd action sequences, right, and these weird asides, like it, it cuts to this thing of being like, oh yeah, this guy, he's the local gangster, and then we get his backstory kind of thing, and it's just like, wait, what's happening here? You know what I mean? But it's just, yeah, it's bizarre. But it's compelling in its own way. You know, so if that is what you want, right? Then original gangster, that that's going to do the trick for you, people. You know what I mean? It's going to do the trick for you, okay? So you can watch this uh, on Monday. Comes out on Monday the 5th of April, Right? You can get it on DVD or digital download. So however you like to digest things, right? That's what's going to happen, people. So if you are curious about what Saints and Savages has to offer, then, uh, yeah, this is their first salvo. This is their first salvo of the month. And, uh, yeah. They're going to build on it, people. So get ready. Definitely get ready. All right. So, yeah, original gangster coming at you. Okay, so I did it. I checked out Bad Trip over on Netflix. And, hey, this is a weird ass. It's a weird ass story, right? Because, you know, the film, I remember early in the year when it leaked, it appeared on Amazon Prime before it was meant to come out. And that was like, oh shit, so they had to take it down. 
And then Netflix bought it, which was so bizarre. You know what I mean? You just like, wait, because it looked like it was going to be an Amazon film. And then all of a sudden, boom, now it's a Netflix film. So there was already that. But I, I, I was confused, right? I was confused. Because at first, I, I read it like it was um, a buddy film, right? I think it was going to be like, I don't know, Euro Trip. Like some, one of those type of films. You know what I mean? Two friends on a trip, go blah, blah, blah. Crazy shit goes down. And then I kind of gleamed that, oh, no. That it's kind of hidden camera too. Which then definitely gave me a little pause. Ain't gonna lie, right? I've never been a huge fan of those things. Like, I didn't watch Jackass. I didn't watch... um, Shit, over in the UK there was that there was a Welsh version of Jackass. Man, I cannot remember what the hell it was called, but I remember looking at it once and it just seemed like a, you know what I mean a, a a a poorer cousin of Jackass. So I'm just like, eh, I just can't. Right? I just can't like they all these things just always seem a little bit too forced. But I had some time to kill. I had time to kill. And um, I didn't really want to get into some other shit. I had some shit to do. And I was just like, ah, I can't be bothered. So I thought, you know what? Let me do it. Let me do it. So I checked it out. I checked it out, people. Um, so before we get into the fault, let's do the little nitty nitty, right? So it's directed by... Um, Kick, uh, Kiteo Sakuri, right? Produced by Jeff Tremamine, David Bernard, Ruben Fleischer, and uh, Eric Andre. So, um, Andre and Sakuri they wrote the screenplay along with Dan Curry, and um. You know, we got the music by Joseph Shirley, Ludwig Goranson, cinematography's Andrew Laboy, edited by um, Matthew Kozanicki, Sasha Santon Craven, and um, yeah, the film it is starring Eric Andre as a Chris Carvey. Lil Ray as Bud Malone, Tiffany Haddish as Trina Malone, we had Michaela Conlin as um, Mari Lee, <laughs> and um, then there's a gorilla, <laughs> right, so um, yeah, that was, that's the cast, right, and um, the plot, well, the plot be, you know, it's kind of simple, right? It's it's not a, a crazy plot, but yeah, it's basically, right? Um, a buddy movie. You know, a guy bumps into his high school crush. Bumps into his high school crush, and he sets out to try and. 
declare his love to her. But along the way, there's mad pranks. Right? Mad pranks and craziness along the way. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the that was the thing. And, man. I just say, right? So, at the very start. So, at the start, this is when we... Um, Find about the crush and everything like that But, yeah Andre's character, you know, Chris He's working at a, a car spot And this other dude turns up So, I think he's cleaning this dude's car I think that's the situation Now, I, I think when I first saw a clip of this I was a little bit, nah, man Because I'm just like, that ain't ever gonna happen, right? Ain't ever gonna happen But, I will say, this isn't really I Like, this is probably one of the least funniest bits of the film Right, so he's cleaning the car His high school crush turns up And, um I don't know, they're using some high-powered vacuum thing And it sucks all these clothes off Which, I mean, if you think about it How the fuck is that going to happen? How is that really going to happen, right? But, I think mean, one of the funniest things of this are, are, the, are the people's reactions, right? It's the people's reactions So we have this whole thing And... and what like it's funny because you know it's it's playing on a lot of shit that happens, you know what I mean? So you've got this these pranks and these jokes, but also just shit that goes down, right? So if you're talking to someone and they're like um and you're like, hey, you know, I was wondering, do you ever wanna and be like, oh, you know what, I don't, I'm not from here, but you know what, if you're ever in my neighborhood Oh man, we'll have to hang out Which always means Like, I'm never gonna see you again So I'm gonna make some fake ass comment Just to be polite and nice But, yeah We ain't seeing each other again It's cool But, you know, but you always get those situations where, where someone, they believe that shit you know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, fuck, man, next time I'm in that spot, yeah, we'll definitely have to hang, right? But, no, it's the case. So, we have this, and I think the next scene is hilarious, right? Well, actually, we got two, because then we we meet, um, you know, How Lil Howe's uh, character, right? We um we bump into um Bud, right? Bud and his sister, and just visit. As I said, look, it's reactions. So it's when his sister is just punking him out, right? You have the people in the spot, and the way they're like just looking and just feeling bad. They're just feeling. Bad for Bud You know, the fact that he is being degraded Completely degraded By his sister Which is hilarious Right? It, it's just hilarious But also 
it, it's so many of these off-key situations. You're watching it, and you 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 know what I mean you see what people are actually do, what they'd actually do. There's people I don't give a fuck, right? I don't give a fuck. They just turn around and act like nothing. Nothing is going down, which is insane. It's insane. But um, I think, man, d- d- there's a scene in um. We jump 30, like, one year later, and, um, (laughs) right, you've got, (laughs) oh, shit, you've got, um, Chris waking up in a bathtub, right, which no one, no one questions, and it, it's then people's reactions because it's like people come into a house and they're like, no one's just like, wait, firstly, what the fuck are you doing in this house? And then what are you doing in a bathtub? But it's, um, a, you know, they play on that whole thing. You know, you see in the films when you've got someone and they're running, they're running for something and it's like, you know, cutting through houses and through gardens. Like we saw it in Friday. We saw it in Ferris Bueller, super bad. We've seen it in so many things, right? And it's ridiculous. Because you're just like, wait, no one, that's not going to happen. Someone's going to get fucked up if they're doing that shit, right? And we see him run through a fence, which is just jokes. But it's when he runs through the house, and you see this woman, and it's her reaction, her, this, this poor woman's reaction, oh my, it is, oh my gosh, it's one of the highlights of the film, it truly is one of the highlights of the film, but, man, him in the, the smoothie shop, him in the smoothie shop is just, Oh my gosh, it is, it is great, right, because you, you have the people who, you know I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to pretend that they're not, you know, seeing what's going down, but then you've got the people who are just like, no, 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 we ain't doing this, and he's making smoothies, but it's not the most hygiene approach, so you've got like being like no 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 we don't do that here no we do it like this and what are you doing and ba 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 and it is <laughs> it is great it is great and when he lets someone jump the line ah oh. <laughs> again superb reactions. Superb reactions, which, you know, later on, later on, there is this, oh my gosh, so they go to, well, his sister, Trina goes to a restaurant looking for them, and you've got, like, this woman, you know, she's just like, oh, no, we haven't seen him, we haven't seen him, ah, uh, but, you know, you, you, yeah, you should make sure if someone's stolen your car, go get your car, and then they turn up, and you see, like, those busybodies, man, those people that always want to be in people's business, and, and this woman is just talking 
reckless. So reckless. And so when they go and Trina turns back up, it is insane. It is insane. And you just have a brother going like, you talk too much of him. What are you doing? What are you doing? How are you putting us in this situation? What's going down? Ah, uh, I, I, I honestly did not expect to enjoy this film as much as I did. It is so stupid and fun. Right? It, it, it's this stupid thing. But you're having these scenarios that make no sense. Make this one point. And Trina turns to... She's trying to, you know, have a conversation with this cop. And she's just like, oh, can I kiss you? He's just like, no. <laughs> like, he's being all helpful. And then as soon as she's just like, can I kiss you? He's like... No, and he's walking away, and she's just like, my pussy's hairy like my booty, and you're just like, wait, what the fuck, and you, it's hilarious, but you're just like, wait, hold on, wait, what are you talking about, <laughs> my pussy hairy like my butt, you know what I mean, it's just like, huh? I, if it was the other way around, be like, my butt hairy like my pussy. I mean, although, not a visual you're, you're digging, right? It makes a little bit more sense, but it is just, it's just stupidness like that. Stu like the gorilla scene. The gorilla scene is, oh, the gorilla scene is magic. The gorilla scene is fucking magic. Right, first of all, right, when you break it down, right, just think about it. It's like, nah, that can't happen. But it's the way at first, it's the sympathy. And then it's just like, nah, you ain't right. You ain't right. What are you doing? And it's just a reaction. And... Oh my god, you just, TV. you need to watch it, you need to watch it, but it is just, the, the, the police car getting stolen, that, that is, did you just see people, you know, how they live, it's like, oh, I bet he feels real stupid right now, <laughs> good and, oh but at the end at the end they show um like the the reactions right because obviously when you're doing you know this kind of thing you gotta get permission from the people that are in the scene right so you know once you've shot it you then go with the forms get everyone to sign and all of that and so we see some of that, right, we see some of that, and the way people reacted, and it's just, <laughs> it is, it is great, right, there's, there's this, there's a couple of things at the very end that are just, 
Oh, they are hairy as shit, right? So, the the way people act in those situations, you know, it's just like a little telling. And once they find out that it's, you know, that's just funny. It is funny. But some people really held it together. Some people really held it together and just like are either helping, you know, we, we get some people trying to help and really, like, acting like, oh, fuck, I just saw this happen. Oh, what can I do to help? And then you got some people who are just like, uh-uh, you need to get the fuck out of my face. What are you? Ah, <laughs> uh, so it is, it is awesome. It is awesome. And I love the white chick's nod of the hat, right, because white chicks, I did not like that as a film, right, but I love their little homage to white chicks in this, and and especially when you look at the reaction of the people in the room, right, you look at the reaction of the people in the room, and you know those people, they're just like, oh, I want to sing the words to the song, right? There's some people up in there, and you could tell. They're like, oh, I want to sing the words to this song. And then they're thinking, actually, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I don't want to get my ass into trouble, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Which... Oh, it's incredible. It is incredible. There's just so much gold in here. There is so much gold in here, people. So, um, I would say give it a look. I would definitely say give it a look. And as I said, listen, if you don't like these sort of shows, right? If you weren't a fan of, you know, jackass and them type of things, it is cool. Because I wasn't. And... I've laughed my ass off every second of this friggin' film, which I was not expecting. So, people, go watch it, and whoo, it's gonna brighten your day for sure, because it definitely did mine. It definitely did mine. But yes, watch it all the way through. Watch it all the way through, because. <laughs> You need to see the shit at the very end. Because it is... Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. I think the bar scene... The bar scene was... <laughs> bar scene was crazy. The bar scene was crazy. I do want to know... How fucked up did they get... Doing some of this stuff? Because... Whew, some of it is real gnarly. Real motherfucking gnarly, man. But, yo, Eric Andre, Tiffany Haradish, and um, Lil, <laughs> Lil Ray, they they held it down, people. Held it down. And I ain't gonna lie, right? Fugged out Tiffany Haddish. Still cute as hell, man. Still cute as hell. Bad trip. Do it. Oh, 
Okay, people. So we've reached that time again. So let's take a look at what's happening in the world of film before we bounce. Okay, so there's been a few scheduling changes. You know, Venom, right? That's one. And um, this has been pushed back, but only by a week, people. So don't worry. Uh, the new um, date of its release is the 24th of September, right? So, um, yeah, you know, that's all good. It, it, which does mean, though, it's coming a week before June. And to be honest, people, I think June's going to blow everything out the window. You know what I mean? I think it's going to even, right, the um, No Time to Die, which comes the week after June comes out. I think it's all about June once we hit October, people. But, um, yes, the uh, Resident Evil film, you know, we're rebooting and all of that. But it is moved from the 3rd of September to the 24th of November. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, um, Halloween, is that Halloween, or, it's a big holiday thingy, right, so, yes, it, it, it is in place for that, right, boom, we've also got, um, Mortal Kombat, right, the, uh, the new film, which I'm interested about, that's been pushed back, but only a week, so instead of the 16th of April, this will be hitting on the 23rd. So yes, we we have that. Now, there is something moving up a week, and that is the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yes. Um, I still haven't seen that first film. I heard it's good, haven't got around to it, but um yeah, anyway, people, it will now be hitting on um, the 16th of June, right? Which is, you know, a significant move because it was originally scheduled for um, the 13th of August. So, uh, yes, if you are waiting on that, hey, that's some good news for you, people. Uh, so, now other news, right? So, um,. If you were a fan of, um, you know, Danny McBride stuff, well, he's got a new project. He's working with Spire Animations, right, on a, a new project called Trouble, right? So McBride, you know, he co-wrote it with, um, yes, yeah, Spire's COO, Brad Lewis. Right, and um, it basically follows a 13-year-old kid called Jax who gets into trouble because of his bad behaviour towards his family and then literally ends up in the world of trouble, a parallel reality. Once he's transported to this bizarre and fantastic world of chaotic adolescence, he has to figure out how to get out of trouble and get back home. Jacks and friends 
meet um, and discover their true character, learn the value of self-forgiveness and empathy to earn their shot at redemption. Mm -hmm. A little bit sickly, ain't gonna lie. A little bit sickly, but I'm sure little kids will lap it up. Uh, so uh, you know, they—it feels like they've already done it, but they're rebooting Paranormal Activity, and um, yeah, we've now we now know the cast that will be in this new feature. So it's Emily uh, Bada, Roland Buck the Third. Dan Lippert and um, Henry Ayers Brown. So yeah, they will be in this um, yeah new version that I think's going straight to the Paramount Plus network. So it's being directed by Will Eubank and um, Christopher Landon um, is writing the script. Jason Bloom and Oren Pellil. <coughs> oh my days. Oren Pellil will be producing. Okay. So. Uh, um. Yeah, DC. I, they, they tried it a few times. Right? Well, they tried it definitely a few times with the comics. I think they had an animated series. But uh, Static Shock is, um, yeah, one of the new DC heroes coming to the big screen. So uh, Virgil Hawkins, his adventures will be um, written by Randy McKinnon. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, he is an interesting character, so we'll have to see what happens with this. Michael B. Jordan and Reginald Hoodlin are going to be producing. Um, yeah, you know, I wonder if any of the other milestone characters will show up in this. Um, so, other news Amazon are uh, working on a um, a new spy series yes it's uh, an it's ac well it's an action comedy right um, called um, I think it's the United States Postal Service right and uh, it's gonna be starring Jermaine Fowler right um, who will be playing Michael Griffiths, a man whose life is upended when his mother is killed in the line of duty as a postal carrier with a mail route full of surprises. He soon discovers his mother was part of a covert, highly trained spy organization that hides in plain sight. The United States Postal Service. Hmm. So Perry James wrote the script, and um, we got Brian Grazer, Ron Howard, Karen Lunder, Eric Heiser, and Carmen Lewis producing. 
Uh, so, um, interestingly enough, right, we've been talking about reboots and new, you know, trilogies and the like, but uh, I feel before all of that, it seems that Paramount will be doing a standalone Transformers film, you know, so uh, a bit like Bumblebee that uh, came, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago now? I think that was the that was the thing, right? So um, yeah, Michael um, is it Ramirez, right? He's been nabbed to um, write the script, and Angel Manuel Soto is uh, on board to direct, right? So um, yes, it's. Uh, gonna be a new thing right so it's not spinning out of any of the previous films but other than that everything is a bit close to the chest hmm all right so uh yeah we are getting a um batman the long halloween right animated film and um yeah, they've uh, got a, a voice cast, right? So um, this will be um, Jensen Ackles. He's going to be another new Bruce Wayne Batman. Uh, we've got uh, Josh Duhamel as Harvey Dent. Billy Burke will be playing um, James Gordon. Titus Welva is Carmen Falcone. Uh, David Dust McAllen is the Calendar Man. And Troy Baker is uh, the Joker. So, um, uh, interesting. I don't know, like, definitely the, um, you know, the animated DC stuff has been very good. So we'll see what happens with this. Chris Palmer is um, going to be directing. Okay. So uh, also, people, um, if you are a fan of, uh, you know, Bay, um, oh gosh, what's the name of this? Um, Shortcomings, right? It was a, a graphic novel, right? Um, well. It's going to be made into a feature film, and um, yeah, it's going to be uh, from Andy Park, Randall Park, even Randall Bloody Park. Jesus Christ, he's going to be making his directorial debut with this, right? Um, it's going to be written by Adrian Tomin, right? And um, the story basically follows a free. Um, young urbanites right as they navigate a range of interpersonal relationships traversing the country in search of the ideal connection hmm yes we'll see what happens with that um now if you were a fan of John Brownlow's book, right? Um, 
which was called 17, then, uh, yeah, people, you will be pleased to know that it is getting turned into a film um, via the uh, Lackier Animation Studios. Right, so, um, yeah, they've, they've picked it up, and, um, yeah, they, they said that uh, 17 is a stiff cocktail of wicked wit, exhilarating action, and raw emotion. Uh, John has such a wonderfully unique voice, he's crafted a brilliant universe with its own powerful identity. 17 is a thriller with a soul a serious adrenaline filled actioner with a sincere heart beating underneath its rippling pectorals a little bit weird but um yes we'll see uh, how they um do all of that now this has been talked about for a long last time but it looks like the thundercats movie is coming dum 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 thunder thunder thundercat oh so this will be from director adam wingard right and uh, coming through warner brothers right now i think the interesting thing about all of this is um yeah wingard He's not looking to change the style, right? Not looking to change it. He's saying that um, he loves the style, he loves the feel, and um, he basically wants to do a hybrid CGI film that has a hyper-real look and somehow bridges the gap between cartoon and CGI, right? But um, he's like the original... 80s aesthetic of the characters it's not going to change right he's a i don't want to reinvent the way they look i want them to look like thundercats i don't want to do it live action either i don't want it to look like cats i don't want those kinds of issues so yeah uh, we can expect hopefully Ah, man, a little bit of fun nostalgia with that. And I think the biggest news of the week is uh, Rain Johnson. Rain? Ryan? However you pronounce it, right? Now, he had a a big hit with Knives Out. That really, you know what I mean? Kind of boosted him after... uh, the backlash of his Star Wars effort. Well, it seems that we will be getting more. They talked about it, right? They, they talked about doing it in the vein of Miss Marple and Ukia Poirot. And um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Now, the interesting thing, the original film, it came up via Lionsgate. Well, what the um, smart old Johnson had done he he made a deal originally on a film by film basis so the first film made a whole heap of money off a, a meager budget right only 40 million to make and it made 311 so 
yeah, you know Lionsgate probably wanted to uh, re-up, but he has just signed a huge deal with Netflix. 450 million for two films, right? Two films. So the first film is going to start filming shortly in Greece. And uh, obviously, Daniel Craig is going to be back as a Benoit Blanc, you know? Um, but no word on what crime he will be solving. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed the first film. It was fun. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. But people, that's it. We are done. And um, we will see you next week for more Echo Chamber. So enjoy your film watching people. And um, peace.